1: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hi, I'm Ariel Nissenblatt from Earbuds Podcast Collective and Squadcast.fm. Katie and Nathan asked me to stop by and give you a heads up that they use strong language in the show, so listener discretion is advised. And since you are obviously a fan of podcasts, if you want to get more podcast recommendations, you can subscribe to my newsletter, Earbuds Podcast Collective. You can get it by going to earbuds.audio. That's the website. And then you'll get five podcast episodes on a theme each week curated by a different person. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Katie.
3: And this is Nathan.
2: And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history.
3: everybody nathan how are you fantastic so what are we talking about today katie
2: today we are talking about ronnie lakshmi or as she's also sometimes known ronnie of Jhansi, who is an indian queen who gave a big old middle finger to the british when they tried to take control over her part of india so
3: warrior queen yes and that's why i had to make this super refreshing drink that is a take on a moscow mule Mm -hmm. so i did like a moscow mule but with indian spices so essentially i made my own ginger beer that's what i found out (laughs) (laughs) like i made uh i took like a bunch of ginger a buttload of ginger Um, to be exact. (laughs) (laughs) How do you measure that out? I literally took like a big old ginger root. And if you can see me right now, (laughs) they can't. They They can't. can't. It's a podcast. Big old ginger root. And I chopped it up, boiled it with a little bit of stevia, cardamom, cumin, and coriander. Those Mm. are the, those are the spices. Mm. And then boiled that down into a nice little syrup. And then, Mixed it with sparkling water. I made my own ginger beer, y'all. And then I put, like, a little bit of vodka. Two shots. A little bit. (laughs) And it was delicious. So you mix all that together with lime juice and garnish with the lime and mint. And you've got your Indian mule for our Indian mule of a bitch.
2: This is delicious. Thank you for... uh, That doesn't sound like it was an easy one to make. So thank you for... No, it
3: wasn't. It was... She's a little bit complicated.
2: <laughs> You're a little bit extra with your drinks, but this is is this So is, is our great. girl.
3: She's also extra.
2: Yeah, before we get into her, though, let's do a couple of Patreon shoutouts. <laughs> so first, we wanted to say thank you to Catherine, Nicole, Allie, Maggie, and Jasmine.
3: Also, thank you to Bryce, Cassidy, Danielle, Donnie, and... Taylor.
2: Also, I want to say thank you to Aubrey. I posted on Instagram being like, anybody want to help us with some of these pronunciations? And she was so cute. She sent me over a video of her partner's mom who is uh who I, who I believe lives in india doing some pronunciations for us so thank you so much aubrey that was so nice um however we are still going to completely fuck up sorry all right well let's get into her life ronnie lakshmi Bai was born november 19th 1828 though some sources do have her a little bit younger like um seven years younger but either way our girl is a scorpio so nathan Tell us about Scorpios.
3: This fits her to a T. She is very Scorpio. (laughs) She has got the Scorpio vibes. She's brave, determined, ambitious. She's a little bit jealous. She's a little bit resentful. I mean, this is her. Yeah. All around.
2: Absolutely. Um, As for the age discrepancy, though... We are going to go with the 1828 birthday. It just makes more sense in this story, in my opinion. Yeah. It's most traditionally believed as we talk about it more. It just seems to make more it sense. It gets
3: problematic. Yeah.
2: Wasn't it, uh, Anne Boleyn? Aren't her two different dates of birth? Seven years, like the discrepancy between her year. Aren't that, isn't that also seven years difference?
3: right oh look at that look look, look at that. that brit history look
2: look i cannot <laughs> remember where i put my keys on any given day but shit like that i just remember off the top of my head uh, I don't
3: yeah <laughs> so at the time of her birth she was given the name of money carnica tombe we've discussed several times on this show that their name changes yeah so bt dubs it's her og name
2: and like we discussed like with empress Wu, and you know we've just had other women on this show that like their name changes with like their status she, that's not the name that she's known as through history
3: you know yeah, she's, ronnie ronnie is like queen yeah Rani means queen. And I found this very consort. interesting is that, but yeah, yeah. Queen consort. But I found this very interesting. Is like Ranya. Ranya means queen in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. so It's very interesting to see how dialects mix.
2: And Lakshmi Bai was the name she adopted after her marriage, after the Hindu goddess Lakshmi. So yeah, but all of her friends and family called her Manu, which I think is very cute
3: yes and are you ready for a rabbit hole because there's gonna be several this
2: is the first (laughs) rabbit hole of many
3: before like prefacing everything hinduism isn't something that us westerners delve into a whole lot
2: this is our first hindu queen that we've covered so like yeah i haven't researched this part of the world before
3: yes and the city she was born in was in the modern day city of Vernasi. and Varanasi is considered one of the seven holy cities, and some view it as the holiest of Ooh. the seven cities. Ooh. And it's believed that in that if you die in Varanasi, you will end the cycle of death and rebirth.
2: I, I'll link to this YouTube video that I watched. Like it's yeah, it's believed if you die there, you're done with your lives, and um, so people will like go there to die.
3: That's dark, but I'm okay with it.
2: But it's also, like, just part of the culture of that city. I mean, death is a part of life, you know? Yes. Yeah, I I just, I found that really interesting, and it was just a really weird little rabbit hole that I didn't expect to go
3: down. (laughs) Katie's like, I'm a Pisces.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is my last life anyway. I'm a Pisces. (laughs) But she was born to a pretty well-to-do family. She would have been considered, like, middle nobility. Basically, her father was this guy named Morapant and or Pant, and he worked for the Indian equivalent of like the prime minister, which is a yeah. which is a title called the Peshva. And the Peshva was a guy named Bajirao. We need to touch on him just a little bit because I think it's important. Bajirao was more or less like a puppet ruler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
3: Surprise, surprise, the British put a puppet in power. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> put the Yeah, the British put him in power and he didn't because, you know, it was under British rule, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, they just wanted somebody that they could control, basically. Dad's job was kind of a big deal. Dad yeah, was. was kind of a big deal in India. He was very high up in the military and worked very closely with the Peshwa to create policies. So from a really young age, our girl would have been no stranger to war and politics and all the drama that goes on with that,
3: so let's get back to her family life yeah, so her dad Morpant, and her mom we know nothing about her parents' marriage yeah. unfortunately yeah but sadly also we don't know basically anything about her mom because she died w- and she was only like 4 years old. So yeah. again, we don't have that mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. Raised primarily by her father at the court of Peshwa.
0: Which
2: that I mean that sucks that we just don't know anything about like what her I mother know. died and- of or like what yeah, like uh so we don't have any knowledge of her having any siblings. So her dad, like, he was like, I got one shot at raising a badass kid. I need to keep, I, I'm not throwing yes. away my shot. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Not giving away my shot. shot. <laughs> okay, any chance that you get Katie <laughs> For in Hamilton. Sting Hamilton. There yeah, we go. He's it. not throwing he away
0: it. his shot.
3: <laughs> but did dad succeed yes. As,
2: yes. as a
3: parental unit yes
2: <laughs> he ma- he was like i got i I gotta make this kid known i gotta do well by her and he absolutely did for sure
3: yeah she was educated she was home reading and writing cool girls don't get that chance in life
2: no yeah it seems like at this time even with the nobility girls weren't really taught to read and write he was basically giving her a boy's education for the time
3: yeah she learned shooting horsemanship yeah fencing like these are not in the realm of feminism at the time and we are here for it yeah it's unusual and we see you we Ms. see you? Independent. Yeah.
2: do you remember <laughs> when we covered amina of zaria
3: yeah it's given me
2: that vibe like because she yes. was raised basically like a boy and taught to fight and lead armies
3: i mean it's it's kind of unfortunate that the parent was like I wish you were a boy, but we're here. Here we are.
2: But he could, I mean, (laughs) it would have been completely acceptable for society at the time for him to be like,
3: and she would have never, she would have never been who she is if she wasn't raised the way she was.
2: You know, this is a show about women in history, but we got to have allies. And it sounds like he was someone that was all for, you know, girls can be equal. Girls can be smart. Girls can be special too. So, Hey dad. Thank you. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> and she was way ahead of any kid her age. She would have been that little kid that was like having full-on conversations with adults, being like but why? But why? But tell me. But why? Yeah. But well, why and discuss things
2: <laughs> that seemed like way oh that should be way over her head. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and she's a little bit of what we would call a tomboy. Like she's definitely got those vibes of I don't care what you think. I don't care Um, about wearing dresses.
2: I don't care about I read like she liked to wear turbans. That was specifically just for men. There was no androgyny in like the way that people were supposed to dress. I
3: love this for her. Yeah. She's already breaking barriers.
2: Yes. Manu <laughs> would have spent a lot of time with the other kids of the people that worked at the court of the Peshva. But mostly those kids that were brought to court almost exclusively were boys. So that probably also explains why she was a bit of a quote unquote tomboy. She only ever hung out with little boys. You know, like, she wasn't hanging out with other little girls. Though, the Peshva at the time gave her nicknames, which translate into English of basically meaning, like, beautiful, lively child. So, yes. So this is me. me, (laughs) A little me.
3: Calling me a beautiful, lively child, darling.
2: (laughs) So that's kind of the only time we really get a description of, I mean, it's not even a description of what she looks like. But we have to assume that she would have been considered pretty. For the time, yes. yes,
3: would it be normal for girls Inc. to act like this? Absolutely not.
2: Horseback riding, <laughs> fencing, playing with the boys because she would, she would like fight with the boys. There was one story that I read where one of the boys at court had an elephant and he wouldn't let her ride it, and so she was like fuck you, one day I'm going to have 300 elephants and you're not going to get to ride any of those. And it's like, are we talking about that boy on any podcast these days? No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we are talking about Ronnie of <laughs> And I bet she did have
2: elephants. Fuck you.
3: <laughs> All of them. <laughs> but Indian culture compared to Western culture, very conservative, even in today's standards. Very much so. So let's rewind the hands of time. <laughs> Yep, that's how we rewind. (laughs) And it was super out of the ordinary to be an independent woman at the time
2: women were expected to be housewives and that's it yeah arranged marriages were a big thing i think they still are um, they are i've been watching a, a lot of indian matchmaker Do you ever watch that show
3: and <laughs> he's <laughs> like i am an expert
2: i'm an expert on this because i have seen two watching. and a half seasons of this crappy
3: netflix show <laughs> but no like so true.
2: I, I mean at least on that show it doesn't seem like in any of the people that she's setting up, the people that are like our age, our generation aren't, do- but a lot of them will have their parents on and their parents will be like, well, yeah, we were in arranged marriage. So, yeah, it still seems to be a relevant part of the culture. But yeah, once you were married back then, you weren't expected to use your brain like, you know, it was just, all right, you're a housewife, you serve your husband
3: I mean, it's kind of the same vibes that the Brits have been giving for years. It's like, hey, you're prized cattle. Yay, we're going to sell you off for a dowry. All of history ever.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, luckily today there's, you know, there's more rights. Things are definitely more progressive than they were in the 1800s.
3: But And while Ronnie of John Z didn't grow up with that, She was the trailblazer. Like, if you look back at it, but they're all going to be like Ronnie and Johnsey. She's a Uh, huge.
2: She's still a huge figure of national pride in India. Mm And she also happened to have a uterus. So,
3: oh this. no, she can't think. She has a <laughs> uterus. Uh. Okay. Before
2: we go any further, I do think we need to take a quick dive into a history lesson regarding the political layout of India at the time. Like we kind of mentioned a little bit already, you know, the Brits were there. This is going to be a huge oversweeping, like sweeping oversimplification because this shit is complicated. But you need to understand a couple of things. In the 1600s, the British landed in India and set up what is known as the East India Company. They were primarily there to trade for spices, but as the British Empire was wont to do, they soon started (laughs) colonizing and trying to spread Christianity.
3: Yeah, so eventually this trading company got backing from the Crown and the Parliament, and the British government started sending the English, the East Indian... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the english military forces yeah basically right. <laughs> and now somehow this trading post is basically colonizing and taking over and it's-, it's so
2: confusing because like the east indian trading company is like it's not the british government it's a trading company that was getting tax money and an army so it was it's just it's so weird i don't like because
3: i and the Brits are gonna Brit, Brit Brit Brits are gonna Brit 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 Brit.
2: Brit. It, it was just so strange because like we've read a lot about. I mean, the British people weren't the only wasn't the only empire mm. colonizing the. Oh my gosh, Portuguese were all over the place. Spanish were all over the place. But I've never. I, this was the first one where I saw. where I was like, "What started as a trading post turned into running a major country like India is big. <laughs> India is huge. You know, like yeah,
3: that's an understatement.
2: <laughs> like that. I I just. I didn't even bother going too deep down that rabbit hole because I knew I would <laughs> never get out. It should have been like the
3: NBC hit show Lost.
2: Lost. I would have been lost <laughs>
3: for six seasons. So it's it's also worth noting that at the time of Ronnie Ronny of John Z, India wasn't a united country mm-hmm. that we think of today. So if you listen to our Grania O'Malley episode, it was kind of like that, right? Like state, local leadership kind of things and also in that episode many of the rulers would recognize the authority of the british and and the british would more or less allow people to live autonomously and promise not no 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 drama no no,
2: yeah like like if you recognize us (laughs) if you recognize us and you pay us some taxes we're gonna take care of you and we're Mm -hmm. not gonna interfere with your shit um, and yep. not interfere with your religion.
3: Do you remember? Spoiler alert: They did. Yeah, I know.
0: Uh,
2: there's this one Eddie Izzard bit where he's talking about like when the British came and colonized America and talking to the Native Americans, and it's like, "Yes, there's more of us coming, but don't worry, we, we always keep our promises."
3: <laughs> I love Eddie Izzard. I know. I How know. can you not? I know. And that's that's
2: that, that. When I was reading that, that just kept popping into my mind. Like, don't worry. Yes, there's more of us coming, but don't worry, we always keep our promises. <laughs>
3: (laughs) So in return, the East India Company would help them build schools and roads and, you know, infrastructure. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And
2: I would say colonization usually is a bad thing. Yeah, it is. But one thing that I thought was really cool is um, with the colonization that the Brits were doing, they were doing some really cool stuff for women, like building schools for girls. But then it turned into this whole thing that of like... If you sent your girl to that school for girls, you were looked at, like, society looked down on you. But there were – so colonization isn't always a good thing, but sometimes – I mean, roads and schools for girls is pretty cool. It's pretty cool,
3: right? That's not bad. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's complicated. It's too complicated to sum up
3: in a few minutes. (laughs) It's too culturally complicated for me. Yeah. I can't. Yes. The Brits started modernizing India by opening more trade, more routes, more buildings, more roads, more schools. And the natives are loving it because they're getting more money. Because. In the words of Notorious B.I.G., mo' money, more problems. More
2: money, more problems.
3: Because <laughs> slowly, slowly they start to manipulate the government. Right. Just piece by piece.
2: Right. Yeah, they hmm. just kind of start tweaking shit. And it's also important to remember, this is, this is only like, what, 40, 50 years after the United States Revolutionary War? And so mm-hmm. I think the Brits also maybe have a little bit of like a chip on their shoulder of like
0: PTSD.
3: We
2: need to do it better <laughs> this time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, this is all important. We promise. However,
3: I'm, not, I'm thinking like <laughs> British people at the time looking at themselves going, do better. Like it just in a mirror, <laughs> just looking in a mirror, like colonize
2: better yeah okay no but this is super important we promise while you kind of let that history lesson sink in nathan i'm gonna go top off my drink
3: why not why not let's do it
2: we'll be right back
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky
2: And now let's get back into the story.
3: Yeah, Mandy was really well-connected, growing up at a political court, and her dad's a pretty big deal, guys. Mm -hmm. So with the Maharaju, you know, the king king basically, That's yeah. basically what that is yeah. um he's the king of a place called johnsy and he's putting out a casting call for wives yeah. like herd him up i need a <laughs> wife Price, cattle, bring him right. in yeah <laughs>
2: <clears throat> and so in this casting call he sends his dudes out to varanasi to check out manu he was like oh i heard that this one high-ranking political official over there has a cute daughter let's go check her out
3: Mm-hmm. And this was in 1842, which is why we're thinking like, hopefully, 1828 is her birth year because it's like uh, she would have been 14 versus seven.
2: Yeah, let's so, not. So 14 is <laughs> 14 is gross, but at least it's post
3: puberty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: <my> gosh.
3: <laughs> this is where we are.
2: The Maharaja, who we'll get to know a little bit more later, was searching for a wife that he could make babies with sooner rather than later. Because it was this big thing that we will get into, and seven-year-olds can't make babies anytime soon. Ugh. And so, yeah, gross, gross to think about. But still, this is why this is why I think that she was fourteen and not seven. Because if he's like, I need to make babies sooner rather than later, why would you look for a chop? Ugh. Ugh. What
0: I hate, I, hate it it. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway.
3: Now. There's this story that we read about how Manu's dad had her horoscope read when she was younger. Oh, I loved this. I loved this. Apparently, this was something that was really common, not just back then, but today still, um, to have your kids horoscope read before you're arranging a marriage. I mean, they have marriages that their gowns are based on the astrological signs like it's a whole oh, really thing.
2: i mean yes again to bring sorry to mention indian matchmakers so many times but yeah <laughs> like sometimes when she's like matching a, a couple of her clients she'll bring their chart to like uh uh, astrologer who would like read their charts and be like oh yes this will be a good match this will be a bad match so whenever i saw this on here i when i'm doing this research it, i was just like ah, oh, that is so cool like <laughs> i would never actually base a marriage myself on something like that But probably not a good idea but i mean but it's a it's a pretty cool it was
3: just it was just a cool thing I just thought it was Yeah. Cool. And Man Horoscope <laughs> didn't match with anybody.
2: In her in her like clan, like where they lived in Varanasi, yeah. They were like, oh, she's gonna be hard headed, she's gonna be a bitch, she's gonna try to overpower her husband. So none so of the why boy- not
3: make her queen? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this sounds right. <laughs> the
2: families in her native neighborhood we're like no we're not marrying any of our sons to this girl who's gonna want to rule the marriage yeah so why not queen
3: <laughs> but whether it's true or not this rumor stays around and it's good that it does it's part of her legend like, yeah it's her legend it's yeah. who she is she wasn't meant to be matched with anybody she's she's gonna rule she's, on gonna, her she's own. gonna have
2: 300 <laughs> elephants bitch get out. get out of here <laughs> So who knows if that's true, but it's just a fun part of the story. So we have no idea if that's why Manu was chosen in the end, but we knew, we do know that John Z and Varanasi are not close to each other mm-hmm. at all today. That's about a 10 hour drive in a car so back Ooh. then whenever i'm trying to calculate how far i would be to travel like by horse or carriage or she something google like that maps it I, and then
3: walks and then doubles it
2: i put it on google map and i put it on bike because <laughs> you can put it like bike by, <laughs> by car by walking or by bike with like taking a break to rest and stuff that's probably like two or three days you know yeah
3: yeah and she wasn't gonna be seeing her family at all she's not doing anything she's like 14 i know so this is a big scary with all of our
2: queens that's always one of my least favorite parts of their stories is thinking about how scared they must be going at 14 going to live with a stranger in a place they've never been to before so that's just so scary
3: scary but we really couldn't find anything about her journey to Z, though I did read that her dad was given a resident in John Z as part of her wedding agreement, okay. AKA dowry. Yeah. So hopefully that means that he traveled with her. Um, we hope, we hope they remained close. I mean,
2: if he, if he had a house there and he didn't come visit, that would have been a bitch move. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping yeah. they remained close in my mind. They had a really nice close
3: relationship. So, yeah. And th- like we said, this is a very scary journey for being 14. Yeah. Like I was just entering high school. And yeah. um,
0: mm -hmm.
2: So, either way, what we do know is that she is definitely in Johnsy by May 1842. And in that month, she married the Maharaja of Johnsy, a guy named Gangadhar Rao. And forgive me if I get, if I have that all (laughs) wrong. I did. We got a review the other day that was like, oh my God, just look up the pronunciations on YouTube. And it's like, one.
3: Which one? Yes. Which pronunciation? There's, <laughs> there's so
2: many different pronunciations on YouTube. And also, if I try to say it like in the, the way that Indian people say it, it just sounds like I'm. Oh, it's it sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, so Gangadhar Rao <laughs> is how the best I can do here. He would have been 28 and Manu is 14. So that oh. is gross. Yeah. At least he wasn't like 62, though, because we've definitely seen that shit before, too.
3: Oh, we have, and this is problematic. It's not going to get any less Let's just move
2: please. on. Let's just <laughs> yeah. move on.
3: Let's just talk about the wedding. Honey, yeah. Because they allocated 40,000 rupees for the occasion, mm. which is like the equivalent of 150K in, you know, modern day. United that's States the, That's dollars. the best
2: I could do. There's a website called in 2013 dollars and you can put <laughs> you can put the year you want and then the year you want it to like compare to the year now and it'll tell you like the conversion rate. So first I had to convert rupees to dollars because I don't know how <laughs> much and then I had to pop it in there. So that is my best guess about 150,000 which is that would have been a lot back then for a wedding.
3: There's just Partying in the streets, yeah. Like, you know, let's be real, yeah. They're dancing in the streets,
2: fireworks, <laughs> cannon shot off, and like that's back when fireworks were kind of rare, you know. So, uh, to do fireworks, you have to be a bajillionaire, basically, you know, anyway. And yeah, feasting, the whole town was feasting, it was a huge fucking celebration. So, I
3: know, and we're not sure if it's truth or legend, but the wedding at Gangdahar would have been realized that, like. This is his wife. He would have been like, okay, we've got it. So there's this tradition in India that you tie the bride and the groom's garments together. Yeah. So the bride is supposed to act like shy and coy. Oh, what are you doing? And And the story goes that when they tie the bride and groom together, Manu, very loudly, says better tie it tight
2: (laughs) like like fuck
3: yeah i'm your
2: fucking queen now tie that shit tight because you are not getting away
3: (laughs) Ah, i love it that would have been a
2: scandal though because the bride spoke at all and that she said something so bold like people i love this people would have been talking like did you fucking
3: hear what she said on her wedding day like she's got a mouth on her and i love it
2: yes (laughs) yes
3: and now manu is given the title of Rani. Yes. um but she's not Rani manu no she has to take on a regal name so she chooses the official name to be Rani lakshmi Bai, and this is after the major hindu goddess lakshmi
2: i think it might be fun on patreon to do maybe an episode on the goddess lakshmi what do you think
3: I could go down several rabbit
2: holes. (laughs) Please do. I was thinking about that. I didn't have time to go down a rabbit hole on her except to like just get the top, like the bullet points. So yeah, let's do that. But like, yeah, let's take a quick detour just to kind of learn the high points about the goddess Lakshmi. Surprise, surprise. She's the goddess of fertility. Since of course Manu's main job is to make them babies on babies on babies on babies. (laughs)
3: but Lakshmi is also really interesting for other reasons she's closely associated with Maya, which is a Hindi, like, Buddhism thing which is magic and illusion is what Maya means, illusion Um, she's also the goddess of wealth passion, power, and you know she's gonna get her own episode so let's just just leave her
0: yeah
2: (laughs) she was probably still known as manu like amongst her friends and like you know her close relations but in public she is now ronnie lakshmi Bai.
3: also she's married now y'all so you know let's get to know the hubby a little bit more (gasps) um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was cringeworthy, <laughs> as it should be. So the Maharaja of Jhansi Gangadhar, uh, was twice her age. Gross. Yeah. And this was his second marriage. Gross. And his first <laughs> wife had died, and so did the son he had from the first marriage.
2: To tag along with the story of Ronnie's horoscope, the legend is also that Gangadhar's horoscope shit showed up that didn't make him a super uh, desirable husband for families to like welcome in, even though he was the king, you know? And therefore no one wanted to marry their daughter to him. And that's why he went so far as to go all the way to Varanasi to find like this girl was completely plucked out of obscurity, basically, because he really Really needed to have a son, which we will get into a little bit later on why, but like it was like, oh, I need to, I need to be making them babies soon.
3: Yeah. Yeah, something we should mention about the system with the British East India Company is that they wanted things done. The Brit way <laughs> mm-hmm. when it came to succession. This is so, so much like
2: the Grania O'Malley
0: episode when it comes to succession. It this is. Kind of shit, like yeah. they just
3: basically make you into what they want you right, to right. be. So if a king does not have a legitimate heir when he dies, then the right to name the next Maharaja goes to guess who? The <gasps> Brits. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, governor. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we spot said
2: a tea. Sorry, um, <laughs> my British husband is probably in the next room, being like, "What the fuck is she doing?" So, <laughs> no, it was a policy called the Doctrine of Lapse, mm-hmm. and legitimately, it was like set up as like a back channel for the British, the British to find like a loophole to seize control. They're like, "We're not here." to take over your lands take over your customs unless we absolutely can and it basically (laughs) it basically stated if the current maharaja died without a male heir then the brits get to decide who rules that part of india and as one might expect everyday indians thought this doctrine of lapse was total bullshit you know no one really thought the brits would like actually enact it you're not gonna really take over this right much and less they
3: all thought wrong
2: yeah narrator <laughs> voice they were incorrect
3: <laughs> let's go back to Gangadhar and he's a pretty popular ruler. yeah people like him his older brother had kind of fucked up the economy and just wasn't generally Good at leading. So when Gangadhar hits the scene, he was very much like, okay, now Johnsy, let's get let's in get in formation.
2: formation. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
3: And he more or less brings order and everything is in order in the land and everybody seems to love him. He
2: helps John get their shit back together after his brother had just kind of fucked everything up, basically. Yeah. So everyone liked him and they liked him so much that they looked the other way for at his very For the time, scandalous hobbies. Mm
0: -hmm. So, the
2: first hobby, which doesn't seem that weird, he loved the arts. He specifically loved the theater.
3: Okay, where's my husband? He (laughs) specifically
2: loved to play the female parts in shows. So, he loved to dress up as women and play Mm. the lead woman in a play which Mm. um you know you might because you know he was really Mm. into the arts so maybe he's thinking like shakespearean being like because you know in shakespeare's time men played the women.
3: he's living out his non-binary life
2: (laughs) this is about 120 years after charles ii said actually women can just do theater it's fine so um this was a hobby of his that like People just were like, but he's a good king, so just look the other way. You know?
3: Just look the other way. Yeah. Like, uh, our king likes to dress in women's clothes. Yeah, uh, he he's he's chilling with his friends, who are mostly who women. Mostly women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he felt so close to them. He could, you know, he would always recognize four days a month of untouchability when yeah. women would seclude themselves because of, you know, the period.
2: Yeah, it was like <laughs> this part of the culture back then. Yeah, women. Specific women that could afford to because they're of nobility would like seclude themselves while they're on their periods and then go through like this ritual um, when they're off their periods where they can like be back in society. Which, you know what? I know it's a form of oppression, but that actually sounds nice. Like
3: (laughs) you're on your period. like, I need four days. You're on your period.
2: (laughs) You can't go to work. You can't go to the groceries. You can't do any chores. You gotta just sit at home.
3: Katie's like and,
2: and watch and watch <laughs> Indian Matchmaker for four Bridgerton.
3: days. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Indian Matchmaker and Bridgerton. And Bridgerton. That's <laughs> what this is?
2: Sign <laughs> me the fuck up. But I know. <laughs> but no, But so um. Do he would recognize four days of the month of his like untouchability, which I mean, even He's now, even now, I would. If little
3: so, little trans. Just a little. Like he 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 might be. It's not saying.
2: It's so it's such a weird, complicated area to try to look at these people with modern lenses of things like we're in twenty twenty
3: three brain. Yeah. And we are seeing, you know, gender fluidity. That didn't happen (laughs) in the nineteenth century. But
2: for nineteenth century India in how they would have viewed it. In the words of the famous scholar, Hank Hill, he would have said, that boy ain't right. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> oh, she brought it there. <laughs> and she's bringing it back. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. But we uh, we recognize gender fluidity then, now, but that's not really something in this culture that was relevant. So it was very... That he must have been such a good king for them to just yeah, look the other like, way. Yeah,
3: that's the whole point. Is like the people of Z liked him so much that he obviously was doing something right. That they were like, just like they mm-hmm. wouldn't have been like, oh, this guy likes to,
2: be yeah. A woman every now I thought and then. that was really interesting. No um, big
3: deal. Like it was MBD. It might MBD.
2: also explain why the families of the more prominent, you know, the more prominent families didn't want to marry their daughters to him. Yeah, it might have had nothing to do with his horoscope. They were like, he does what? <laughs> like, uh, so true. It, yeah. True.
3: So but that was another I'll... rabbit hole I went down. Yeah, that's a whole another one. But at the end of the day, was the marriage a happy one? Uh-huh. Oh. oh, yeah. Katie, Katie said it best. Uh-huh. she didn't say anything Um, there's not a whole lot that we know definitively about the marriage it seems like at first he was not interested in hanging out with his wife Which he was 28 she was 14
2: of course he went like that's what the fuck (laughs) are they going to talk
3: about (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) there is one account which linked in the show notes that suggests that he was kind of an asshole husband. Yeah. Um, he kept her under lock and key, wouldn't let her go anywhere, see anybody except for her ladies-in-waiting. And then in some stories, he never really warmed up to her, and they never really got along. In some stories, they said that she eventually won him over with, guess what, girls? Her wit. Yeah. Being a stubborn bitch. Yeah. So- um, I love this. So- like, this is my vibe.
2: It sucks, though, <laughs> so there don't seem to be any personal, like, diaries or letters that survive of her. There are, like, letters that she, like, from, like, the political standpoint that survived from her. There's, she didn't keep a diary. She didn't, like, write to any of her, I don't think she had any girlfriends, so she didn't, like, write letters. So we just don't know if it was she happy. She wrote a
3: letter to her horse. it was
2: miserable. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love she, her. She was such a horse girl. Yeah. So, yes. um. Now, 14, we can all agree, is way too young to be having babies. Preach. (laughs) We're happy to say that she did not have babies at the age of 14. She also didn't have babies at the age of 15. Or 16. Or 18.
3: Uh Uh-oh. Or 20. Uh Uh-oh. So for nine years, she remained pretty not knocked up. Um. (laughs) Unknocked
2: up. Knocked down. She was
3: <laughs> <laughs> knocked down. Oh, that's a new Queen's podcast. Statement. <laughs> I wish we knew
2: more. Like, did her husband resent being married to her? Or was he just so icked out by the thought of sex with a girl? Like, I.
3: They're not compatible sexually. Let's just, let's just who throw knows? that out. <laughs> or
2: were one of both of them just, you know, not uh not problems. ding dong problems maybe you know
3: i mean both maybe both
2: are the stories of him just neglecting her true
3: but hot take hot take okay uh she probably just had a hard time getting pregnant you think so (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, i don't know maybe
2: she was like who knows like maybe she on day one was like why are you dressed like a woman and then he just neglected her after that for judging him like i think is a movie about her life so maybe before we maybe i need to watch that and see how they if they touch on this but yeah who knows
3: but obviously there's some sexual physical, emotional like they're not bonding they're not something's
2: going on nine years and when your entire point i mean if he doesn't have a male heir he's going to John Z is going to go to the Brits. So like, why did it take her nine years to get pregnant?
3: But whatever the situation, our girl finally gets pregnant in 1851. Yes, She would have been like 23, which is a nice age. Yes. (laughs) Like love this for her. And I'm sure she would have preferred a little bit earlier, you know, at a cringier age. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but better late than never, yeah. right? This is what she was supposed to what do. Was it was her baby boy.
2: Yes, it's a baby boy!
3: Baby boy, you would be on my mind, mind. fulfill my, fulfill my regency. <laughs> we, we, both, we both sang.
2: They named him Damodar Rao, and everyone in Johnsy just let out a sigh of relief. Like,
3: yes.
0: the British
2: would officially be off their fucking backs now. Like, <sighs> until... Uh, tragedy struck yeah. and Zamadar died only at age 4 months.
3: Oh uh, no. I know. Can you imagine like A she just spent break. like 9 years trying to get pregnant and I then know. she gets pregnant, has the baby boy on her regency and, and it's uh, uh and it's, just like, it's like oh but you're a baby factory. Can't you just do it again? And she's like, no,
2: apparently (laughs) not. Yeah. Like, so our girl Manu is probably finding herself in a really rough place in life right now. Whole job. The entire reason reason she's there is to have a son. So she can keep the people of Johnsy in the life that they know, like, and possibly keep them out of the hands of the British. And her baby boy has died. It already took her like nearly a decade to make that baby boy to begin with. So Outlook not great she's gonna mean, that she's going to have some more, you know?
3: I mean, that's an understatement. Outlook not great. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Plus, hubby ain't doing too good either. Yeah. Um, Gandahar's health is really taking a hit. And we're not sure of what. It's just like the quote unquote elderly king. I kept reading
2: elderly king. Dude, he, dude was 40, Dude was 39 when he died. Like let's, that's not
3: elderly. Let's, <laughs> oh let's, God. Where's my Walker. With I know. My I know. I
2: know. Ugh.
3: but still it's just like one day he gets sick and it just gets worse and worse and worse yeah. and worse. So oh. it's quote unquote elderly King. Oh. <laughs> yes.
2: uh, so it became obvious like, all right, we're not having these babies on babies on babies on babies. And I don't got a whole lot of time left. So we need to figure something out,
3: and they uh, decide to adopt, which was pretty common in that culture. Yeah, uh, we've seen this in ancient Roman cultures. We've seen this multiple places. If you're powerful and you want to succeed and you need to have an heir, no big deal. Just adopt a guy that you just randomly know and be like, yeah. you're my heir. You're my like, you're that my... just makes sense."
2: We saw we saw that so much in like the uh, like the Agrippina series mm-hmm. like yeah that that wasn't and that was super super common in indian culture like okay i'll just i'll just adopt someone legally make them my heir cool so gangadhar has a cousin and the cousin has a 5 year old son named anand so the maharaja and the rani adopt him and changed his name to damador rao um yep that is the name of their dead son um which seems <laughs> Uh, therapy these people need therapy but
3: Gangdahar <laughs> <laughs> G- named damador as his heir and manu as his regent until he was old enough yeah so the people of john z would have been totally fine with this yeah
2: that's their that's they that's their norm that's their custom yeah, yeah.
3: we just need to make sure the brits are okay right yeah like-
2: Okay, we've got we've got this adopted kid. Can they back the fuck up now? Right,
3: (laughs) this is gonna get tricky. (laughs)
2: Yes, Gangadhar and Manu both knew that the British might not accept this setup. So on his deathbed, they invite like the local British officials to come witness him officially adopt Domador. The guy at the local level was basically like, I don't see, I don't see this being a problem. This should be fine. What? What could we probably? What could we possibly have to argue with this? <laughs> yeah. So in
3: 1853, at around 40 years old, the Maharaja Gangadhar uh, Rao died. He thought he had left peace. Cleaned that up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everything. This is fine. Yes. Spoiler alert. It was not. Yeah. <laughs>
2: we again. We don't know if she grieved her husband. So we have no idea. We don't know. Nothing leads us to believe that they were close. So who knows? Yeah. Meow. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> anyway, Manu thought all, all the loose ends were tied up. Yeah. She she thought this was done. She's setting herself up. She's got her air down. She's going to rule for the next 12 years or so. Um, and it appears that Dumbledore moved to court. Manu ended up taking over everything his education yeah. his upbringing like it's time to get shit done
2: okay i've got something to do now it must also be nice to like have a purpose because if she yeah. was kind of like for the last like 10 12 years just kind of locked up and only people she talked to was her lady in waiting she was probably fucking bored
3: and she's one of those gals that's like, uh, she's yeah. not going to get locked down like that. She's like, not a
2: she's not she she dealt dealt sit it. home and watch Netflix kind of chick. So now she's like, I've got shit to do. I've got the responsibility of educating this boy. She would have, I think, felt fulfilled at this point. It seems like the people really liked her. She was even headed. She was smart. She was tough when she needed to be. And she knew the people had liked her husband's policies. So she was like, cool, let's. Let's just keep let's just keep doing what we've been doing, no major changes. And everybody was like, sweet, we love this.
3: She's popular. Popular. She's gonna be popular.
2: popular. Yes.
3: (laughs) So so on that note, literally, the note of wicked. Great. (laughs)
2: Yeah. We'll be right back, guys.
3: Popular.
2: You gotta be popular.
0: now live on all podcast platforms i'm helena bonham carter and for bbc radio 4 this is history's secret heroes a new series of rarely heard tales from world war ii they had no idea that she was britain's top female codebreaker. we'll hear of daring risk takers What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we
2: are back. And Mm -hmm. the local British officials who told Gangadhar and told Manu like I don't see this being a problem this will be accepted by the the british they were a super wrong <laughs> and so he took the will and last statement to like his boss a guy named John Malcolm and Malcolm and Malcolm was like hmm I don't know I need to learn more about this situation before sending this statement up the up the flagpole basically
3: Yeah, and Malcolm did go and check her out and basically was sympathetic, but at the end of the day, his job was to get those lands for the British Empire, you know, if possible. Yeah. So he wrote an objective report to his boss in which he said of Manu, Rani Lakshmavai is a woman of highly respected and esteemed, and I believe fully capable of doing justice to such a charge. I... she would have ruled and ruled for years and years, darling. But basically, the gist of that statement is: I like this bitch, but it's a woman uterus, and she's running stuff in her name of a baby king, um, who wasn't actually like their blood relative. What is this? Right, like that's right. what the books were saying.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Malcolm's boss, the Lord General of India, was like a woman. As a ruler? I think the fuck not. Now, Nathan. What's up? Who was the ruler of Great Britain in 1853?
3: Oh, that was the one and only Queen V. Queen Victoria, if you nasty. Right.
2: (laughs) And she was a woman, if I'm correct, right? Yup. Okay, okay, okay. Makes total sense. What Woman couldn't possibly rule. Cool, 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 cool. Mm. Nah. It didn't actually have anything to do with sexism. I feel like they just thought, like, if we can find a workaround, and we can get yep. in and get their lands, and that's why. That's why I don't—I'll i I'll give this dude credit. I don't think the Lord General was necessarily sexist. He was just looking for an easy way to grab them lands.
3: Yeah. That, well, <laughs> grabbed him lands. <laughs> grabbed him lands. <laughs> oh, you, so the Lord General appointed a guy named Alexander Skeen to run Z So— he rolls into town and starts, you know, setting up shop. And Manu's like, um, Deferk? 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 That needs to be its own just Merch. Just something, on, just something on. Ronnie and John Z. Deferk? Deferk? <laughs> <laughs> so she was, she was approached by some Brits. And they're like giving her the lowdown at this point. This is point. what's
2: going on. They're like, look, you can keep your palace. We love what you've done with the place. It's adorable. So you stay here. You keep it. but And we're going to offer you a pretty little pension. Like, you're going to live comfortably for the rest of your life. Dumbledore would still inherit all of Gangadar's personal property and money, but no titles, no land. You are just some rich bitch that lives here at our pleasure you have no
3: power anymore every time i read the word titles it looks like titties but not them titties (laughs) (laughs) you ain't getting their titties you ain't getting those (laughs) titles
2: (laughs) nathan what i don't know
3: i don't know it's been a long week you're
2: so special
3: (laughs) thanks my mom called me special too um so (laughs) how do we think that ronnie of john z took this news
2: Um, oh the answer is
1: not great nathan (laughs) (laughs)
3: she she said to have absolutely lost her shit and started yelling at the brits i will not surrender my John i will not surrender my johnsy Al punk rock
2: she she is yes punk rock is yes sadly though there's not anything she could do you know um she wrote a letter to complain
3: she was yield karen Let me complain to your manager.
2: (laughs) I I need to talk to your supervisor. And surprise, surprise, Skeen just never sent her letter on to, like, his boss. So she never talked. She wrote several, just being like, and those do survive. Those are, like, the only thing that survived from her. And they're very elegant, and they're very, like, they're... Very well written out, which is unsurprising. She was a very educated woman. But yeah, they never oh return to sender. Like
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. And let's be real, like Manu had no reason to see her people die over this. Like yeah. it's she wasn't it's, gonna it's, be
2: like, let's raise an army. Yeah.
3: She was like, Let's be cool. Let's see what they can do. If nothing changes on your day-to-day life, this isn't worth a fight.
0: She's I wrong. love that. Uh, like, well,
3: I love no, it. I, <laughs> but she's,
2: she's not wrong, because for a long time, nothing did change in their day-to-day life. She's like, I don't <laughs> want to raise an army and have a bunch of you die over if your, if your quality of life isn't going down. So I, that's smart. I love that. So for the next year or so, Manu was just kind of left to do her own thing. Oh. And she got really into, like, CrossFit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> She would wake up
2: every morning at 5 a.m. and work out. She lifted weights. She ran. She did fencing. She, uh, yeah, bodybuilding, basically. She loved, loved, loved riding horses. Uh, Yeah, she just really got into her fitness. That was
3: her jam. Everything that I read was like this: visual to ride horses, like it was just she She was a horse girl, horses, and that's that's wonderful. I love that. Like I can, I can totally see her and envision her. It's great. And there's even a story that she started to train an army of women on how to defend themselves. Yes, yeah. She taught an army on of women on how to defend themselves, and yeah, it wouldn't have been unusual for her to have female guards. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense. Like, you hey, need to have them pick so up have you a swords. sword or two. Yeah. Yeah. Let's learn like a how knife or two. Fight. Like, yeah. please. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Shankahoe 101 with her ladies. Absolutely. I love this for her. I and mean, I think if she was a man, I think she would have a thousand percent been a military general.
3: Oh. Absolutely. Just oh. like her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is like, he raised her. As his son, yeah. and she just happened to be a powerful ass bitch. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, she also got really into charity work. Um, I don't think we're going go to go into the cast system oh, God. of India at the time Radical. so much um, still there. in this episode because of her, because of where she sat in the cast system, she was not expected to do charity for the poor or to look at poor people. Like if she wanted to just never look at a poor person, that could have been her, people would have been like, well, that's your right as where you sit in the caste system. She, but she went, she was like, that's fucking dumb. And she did go and help the poor and she did charity work for the unfortunate. People would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? That is a poor person you just touched. And she's just like, I'm so fucking sure. So like that is so, so progressive.
3: Really? Yeah. People loved her for that because she, she helped others. She took that shitty situation and made it better. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice if we could tell you that she lived a quiet, nice life of CrossFit and Pilates and charity yeah. and giving to others. But, but.
2: Many people do call her the Joan of Arc of India. And you don't get that name from living a quiet CrossFit life.
0: So
2: let's close up this first episode on her by telling you a little bit about some shit that was going down. So we're going to take the focus off of Johnsy and head over to other parts of India. Something you need to know um, about the way that the military for the East India Company was set up there was a group of Indian natives who worked in the British military and they were called sepoys and they were like lower ranking in the military. Most sepoys spent their entire careers in like the American military, you know, like private is like the lowest. They basically, you don't really meet a whole lot of tenured people in the American military that stay at private, but sepoys didn't have like a way to build their rank up. So there was no room for growth and the pay was shitty.
3: But it's a reliable job. It's a steady And paycheck. it's a steady paycheck, exactly. Yeah. So there were a lot of sepoys fighting for the British Army, and there were 300,000 of these sepoys in the British Army in India compared to 50,000 princes. So yeah. vastly outnumbered. Yes. And there were lots and lots of grievances that have been going on for a long time. But... What we're about to explain is just kind of when everything hit the fan. Shit hit the fan. Boiling <laughs> point.
2: Yeah, shit yeah, got it's to it. Like, we have 300,000
3: like- and you have 50. Why are we doing all this work for you? Like, yes. it's literally the revolt.
2: Why are we seeing the white people go through the ranks so much faster? You know, yeah. Bullshit. So now-
3: <laughs> yeah. India's calling bullshit.
2: <laughs> now, the two major religions in India at the time are Hindu and Islam. So in Hinduism, the cow is sacred. Like you said earlier, they don't really eat a lot of meat. Um, and then in Islam, they don't consume or really touch pork at all. Like, they don't really use anything made with, like, pig's leather or anything. So that's important to the rest of
3: this story. Yeah, and it's going to cause a fight. Yes, <laughs> and in their military training, everyone at the time had muskets. So right. you remember, ye old trusty musket.
2: You have to like reload it every time after you shoot you have it. To like yeah,
3: shove the bullet down and grease the cartridges. Open it up, then you shoot the bullet of whatever the fuck a musket is. We're not weapons people. No, at but Podcast.
2: no. <laughs> So to do the violence, you have to, to load the musket, you have to bite the top off of these greased cartridges, you open it up and then pour the bullets in. But one day this rumor starts going around of like, what are these greased with? And so the rumor starts going around, they're greased with fat from an animal. So maybe cow fat or maybe pork fat which would have been against the religion of just about every one of their 300,000 sepoys in the British
3: Army. Yeah, and in May of 1857, a group of 85 sepoys who refused to do the drills, you know, because animal fat, muskets, not kosher.
2: Against our religion.
3: Yeah, they were being punished and put in chains. Like, (sighs) really, are you trying to... Are you trying to start a revolt? Right. (laughs) Like, are you Barbara?
2: So, Barbara. British Barbara. Listen. So this was a mistake on the British part because tensions were already high, and they weren't reading the fucking (laughs) room. And all these people in India are finally like, okay, they come to our country, and they don't respect our beliefs. Are they trying to trick us into converting to their religion? They're putting... Our dudes in chains for not wanting to go against our religion. Uh-huh. Where does this stop? Uh-huh. Where does already, this stop? I'm
3: reaching a boiling point. And this has been going
2: on for like 200 years now. You know? So yeah like, it's
3: it's time for hell to break loose. Yes, <laughs> like they are done. So done. a group of sepoys storm the jail where the 85 guys were being held, and they kill all the jailers. But then they go on to find the jailers' families and kill their wives and children like horrible i don't love
2: love love that that.
3: don't don't love love that that.
2: (laughs) i mean the jailers the jailers all's fair and war but like the 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 kids didn't
3: do shit it's a vendetta like it is a gross vendetta and we are not here for that
2: (laughs) so this happened in marut india and the group starts marching to delhi so that's not a short march. The whole way along, this made me, this gave me Boudicca vibes. You know, the whole way along marching, they were recruiting people to join them. They were getting more and more rebels and they were making pit stops to do some more ransacking and killing. But now again, it's not soldiers they're killing. They are killing British children. You no. know, like no one's in the right here. There's no. years and years of grievances, forced policy. Generations of occupancy, and people are just fucking
0: pissed,
2: and it's just it. It's they call it the mutiny, but it's just it feels like so much more than mutiny when it comes to just like murdering. It,
3: it, yeah. It's, it's generations it's of, of... It's growing and growing. It's generational
2: trauma. Oh, yeah, for sure. What oh, what it is. Sure. It's like
3: generational trauma where it's like, you're not taking our land. Excuse yes. me, what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: exactly the vibe. So it started with just soldiers, but then more and more people who are pissed about these... Dumbass white people coming in trying to run my shit. Yeah.
2: So, one thing, yeah, one thing I do want to go into, and I'm not going to touch on a whole lot, they were pissed about some of the reform, like all the reforms that they felt impeded on their religious rights. But a bunch of the reforms, as a woman,
3: they were good. Just say it, they were good.
2: (laughs) The three big ones that people were really pissed off about, at least that I kept coming across, maybe there was more, maybe it's just because I am. The publications I read have feminist leanings or something. Since the British got there, they passed a rule about, <laughs> they upped the age of consent
3: from 10 to 12. Because, p- uh-huh. okay, progress.
2: <laughs> yeah. They made it, they allowed women to inherit land, like before women couldn't inherit anything. Or, so now they're like, no, if, if somebody wants to leave their stuff to a woman, they can leave it to a woman. And the one that I spent the biggest I spent an entire day of I took an entire day of research off to t- to learn about are you familiar with the practice of sati?
3: Go Katie, activate uh, rabbit hole.
2: <laughs> we are not gonna spend too much time on this because this is what um scholars call a big fucking bummer. But it it's uh the practice of a man dies if he leaves behind and like when the man dies at his funeral, they like do a pyre. You know, they set him on uh-huh. fire. And them, uh, the the wife, if she doesn't have any children, is supposed to go and lay down on the pyre with her and with him.
3: This and girl is on fire. Literally,
2: <laughs> literally. So the oh. British, the British outlawed that, and they were pissed about that. And so, like, I yeah, the deep rabbit hole that I'm not gonna um, tell you everything I learned. It was kind of like. Uh, amongst the people it was like no but it's an honor like it's what you're supposed to do but then the British get there and they're like well, if they want to burn themselves on this funeral pyre, why are you tying them up? Why are they screaming and crying that they don't want to do it? You know? And so they made that illegal. Um, so yeah. all of those reforms <laughs> are super cool.
3: <laughs> but they're, but also, they're also pissed about taxes.
2: <laughs> yes. So put, but put yourself in their shoes. They're coming here. They're changing our culture, whether it's for the better or oh, the worse. No, it's not I'm their absolutely fucking business.
3: Revolting. I'm revolting.
2: But no, if, any, if y'all do want to learn more about Satis, uh, let me know. I I guess we could do a Patreon episode on it. It'll be a fucking bummer, but let us know.
3: (laughs) Anyway. Uh, You know what's a bummer? Taxes. (laughs) Taxes are also a bummer. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The people of India felt like they weren't seeing enough improvement to their towns in proportion to the taxes they were paying, which is not an uncommon thing.
2: That's the whole. That's that's that was America's entire thing. No taxation yeah. without representation. You know.
3: So all of that is going on, and word spreads to Johnsy, and it sounds like the mob is coming her way. So she goes to Skeen and is like, "Hey, is it cool if I just like build up this army for protection? Maybe, possibly." And he's like, "Cool, cool, 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 cool. Hmm, nothing's going yeah. wrong here.
2: What can go wrong here?" So, that's where we're going to leave you for today.
3: Yeah. Here
2: it is. Okay. <laughs> I wonder what happens. Don't Google it.
3: <laughs> You're <it> here first. <laughs> Cheers, bitches.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now, Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.